In Jesus' name we have prayed. Father, we thank you. Thank you for hearing us. Thank you for the things we have prepared for us today. We will receive those things with thanksgiving in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for illumination. Thank you for wisdom. Thank you for direction. Thank you for understanding. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Now, can we declare the word of understanding as we begin to study? Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, I'm pleasing him in all respects, I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. I said amen. Amen. Understanding is your portion today in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you greet somebody on your left and your right? Congratulate the person, tell the person. Congratulations. Wisdom is your portion. You are wise with the wisdom of heaven. Amen. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. All right. We have been looking at um, how to overcome the schemes of the devil. Let's just start today by reading from um, a few portions. First of all, let's take First Peter, uh, chapter 5. I would like us to read um, from verse 1, and we are going to read to verse, uh, maybe around 11, all right? It said, therefore, I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ, and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed. I exhort the elders to shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God, and not for solid gain, but with eagerness. He said, Nor yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. He said, you younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders, and all of you clothe yourselves. Please notice verse 5. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. For God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Please notice that one. It's very important. God is opposed to the proud. Rather, what he does is to give grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert for your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. But resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experience of suffering have been accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. It's after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him, he says, be dominion forever and ever. 
Amen. Now, let's open also to what James had to say about this. James chapter 4. Now, what did James say? We're talking also about grace. Let's start from verse 1. What is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is not the source your pleasures that wage war in your members? He said, you lost and do not have, so you commit murder. You are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, so that you may spend it on your pleasures. You are adulteresses, that is, flirting with the world. Do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? That is, you don't have to say you hate God. All you just need is to be friendly with the world and you who are hostile toward God. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture speaks to no purpose? He jealously desires the spirit which he has made to dwell in us. But he gives a greater grace. Therefore, he says, God is opposed to the proud. It's not the same thing. The two of them were in the same Bible, right? James and uh, Peter. Therefore, he says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Let's just continue reading. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Let me just stop reading here. No, I need to read that verse 10. So let me continue verse 9. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord and he will exalt you. Let me just stop reading here. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. I've read these two portions um, to continue what we have been discussing about overcoming Satan's schemes. Um, It's very important what we have been saying. Why is it important? One of the reasons is our school of prayer, you know, all right? Our focus is on prayer. And why I say it's very important is because we need to redirect and refocus the prayers of Christians. Uh, something made me today look into our catalog, and I, I saw something I want to recommend everybody to listen to that message. There's a two, kinds of, a two sets of our school of prayer messages. One is titled God-Centered Praying, and the other one is titled Kingdom-Centered Praying. I recommend that we... No, we should get the series and listen. If we have not done it before, I recommend for everybody to get the series and listen to the series. And even if you have listened to it before, you can do it again. It's titled God-Centered Praying. Now, that's one of them. The other one is um, Kingdom-Centered Praying. Now, what I'm saying is that it's important we direct our minds away from praying, focusing so much on Satan, and refocus it on what is important. Because most times, we spend so much time focusing our prayers on Satan, 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 Satan. And what I've been doing this time around again is to let us know that Satan doesn't have the kind of power we think he has. He just has what? Schemes. We need to refocus knowing that Satan does not have the kind of power people think he has. So when people spend nights and nights and they spend hours and hours trying to fight the devil, many times it's wasted time. That's what I'm trying, we've been trying to explain. Many times it is wasted time. They are fighting somebody who is not directly fighting them. person is using tricks. You are fighting. Satan doesn't have the kind of power people think he has. The reason why you are not making progress is not because of ancestral curses. 
Witches don't have the power over your life to stop something from happening in your life. That's what I've been trying to emphasize to people. The emphasis, I mean, when this man was speaking, um, Balaam, uh-huh. Balaam taught us that. If you are of the Israel of God, don't worry. No enchantment works against you. Don't worry. No divination works against you. Nobody can cast a spell and it will work against you. Don't believe all the stories they tell. One man was, was going on the road and he touched somebody. As he touched the person, something in him disappeared. It's a film. Are you getting my point? Don't believe that rubbish. You see all those kind of stories they hear. And somebody was going, they turned the, touched the person's head, then turned his brain to money. And then one woman, you know, you hear, if, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I hear all kinds of rubbish stories. That when you, those, when you had motorbikes, don't let them put that. The one woman, she tried to ride the bike. They covered her head with a, is it, is it helmet or nylon bag? So there was no helmet. And I gave her a black bag to cover her hair. As soon as she covered her hair, she vanished from the back of the motorbike, appeared in somebody's wardrobe, and was vomiting money. See, that is Omotola Jolade Ikeinde. <laughs> in here, though, I don't know many of them. Now, who are the rainy ones? Genevieve, those are the old ones. You don't watch films. Who are the rainy ones? You know they change every few years. Anyway, the rest of you you don't watch. Okay, we're in the same group. That's good. All right, <laughs> that's good. That one is movie. Is movie. Okay, don't be afraid. People push you on the road. Don't bother. Don't start looking for trouble because how can you touch me like that? You start palpating hidden parts of your body. Whether something vanished, nothing is vanishing. You know, one day somebody came to testify. My wife told me about the testimony. I was so angry. I said, if you try that on the pulpit I control, I will kick you out of the church. I said, I have praised the Lord. Oh, God saved me today. Somebody touched something, touched me, and something vanished. When I caught the man, we began to pray, and he began to come back. You should be ashamed of yourself. You must understand, there are things, even if they happened, shame should not let you say it. Child of God, your angels, what happened? They went to sleep. You didn't pay them well or what? Okay, I know. And that says because your tithe was not complete last time. But let's forget all of those things. They can't happen to you. I hope you get my point. See, I'm not saying they don't happen. They don't, that's not the issue. <laughs> Truly, some of those never happen anyway. Not because I don't believe in spiritual things, but that's just not how they work. Any money you vomit is counterfeit. They say they put the person in the wardrobe. Then any time they call the name, money will fall from the sky. It's counterfeit money. The people who do those things, they don't spend such monies. Do you get my point? Let's not even go there now, start wasting our time discussing. People will just believe. That's why sometimes when Christians are preaching, that's why thinking people don't listen to them. They're Christians are preaching some things. You know, they don't understand anything. Listen, even if God rains money from heaven, it's counterfeit. I hope you're getting my point. That's why God does not, you won't walk on the road and you'll, you'll see a cloud will open. And Naira will be pouring a dollar from there. God said, I don't have a Nigerian minting and printing corporation in heaven. When I want to send you money, I do it in a different way. It has to come from the one that has been legally printed in your country. I generate for you favor, open doors. Those are the things I generate for you. I mean, the person who's earning a million Naira a week is not spending more energy than the guys who are plastering fence in my house. Do you get my point? He's not. Somebody will plaster friends from morning till evening, standing in the sun. At the end of the evening, I don't know how much Bishop gives. Is it 4,000 naira? A whole day's work for a skilled man, how they talk. Eh? Three, five. Okay, see, I'm not too far off. So you say this guy is very skilled. He's very skilled. They give him 5,000. That's from 9 o'clock till 5 o'clock or 6. 
And it's good money if he does it 20 days in a, in a month. I mean, it's 100,000 naira. I mean, he can eat well. Children can go to school. Can feed himself. He can buy health insurance. I'm not saying it's bad money. But by the time he's reporting at work by 9 in the morning, some people have made two phone calls and pocketed 2 million. That by the time he's getting to work, still putting his tools to get down. Some people have finished two deals and made 2 million. I told you, I've used it to explain many times. Those days, that was what God exposed me to some of those people. I didn't make money from them. I wasn't there to make money. It's just that he showed me something. He showed me something. That you see, money does not come from by how much you work. Not from how much you labor. It's not directly proportional to the amount of effort. And by the time I was done with that short experience of a few months to by year, I said to the Lord, if you want to bless me, I'm game. If you don't want to bless me, I will never complain. I will save with all my heart. But that I will be laboring hard, thinking it gathers money for people, God forbid, but that's why, let me tell you the truth. Sometimes people have told me things like, uh, how do you get money from your books? You hang it free on the internet. <laughs> Believe me, I'm not writing books because of money. If I was looking for money, I know what to use that energy on. And it will produce, well, let's assume God does not block it because God resists the proud because all this noise we are making, it will produce, it's when God is not yet resisting you. When God blocks your way, oh God, your donkey will face the wall. <laughs> If I wanted to do it, I know where to spend my energy. Let's assume God does not resist us. Are you getting my point? God doesn't make it a point to frustrate somebody. Okay? I know where to spend the energy. So why do I do what I do? I do it because it's a ministry. It's an assignment. You know? You know, I know people are liberated when they read what I wrote. You understand? So I will be failing God if I don't put more things down for them to read. But I have realized every naira, every kobo that comes into my hand is ordained by God. Do you get my point? Uh-huh. I'm not, look, listen. I'm not saying Christians are lazy people. We do what we are doing because they are the right things to do. We are diligent people. We are diligent people. So when God wants to bless, he shows us favor. That's what we are saying. A moment of favor has been said is worth more than a lifetime of labor. Do you understand my point? When you hear that some Nigerians are billionaires one day, they wanted to teach some billionaire Nigerians, you know, I mean billionaires counting in dollars. One of them was supposed to come and teach in uh, Enugu, you know, talk to other young people, how to mean, how to do, how to do. <laughs> Some of us gathered and said, what do you want to come and tell us? How to do business or what? Or how to get favor? Because all of us in Nigeria, know, we know. Oil block is not how to, how to, there's no way to get oil block. Is there, wake up in the morning, sleep late, then federal government, will, what are we talking about? Yeah, you didn't make money from gathering little by little. If you are teaching us spiritual keys, maybe we'll listen. But please, not business principles. We don't insult our intelligence. We don't want such things. The Lord is good. Now, what we're trying to say is that for those who believe those things, I'm trying to address something. I will try not to miss my train of thoughts. So those things don't happen. That's what I'm going to say. They don't happen. What God does is to open doors of favor where the man puts in, you know, a, put in a particular a particular amount of labor that will produce maybe 10,000 naira. You put in that same labor. This time around, it produces 10 million. Now, occultists do that. They know how to do that. So they don't, they don't catch people and put them in a wardrobe and the person's head is emitting money. It doesn't. It doesn't happen like that. The money has to come through the banks. It has to come through legitimate transactions. The money can be banked. Please get this clear. It's favor. Whether it's negative way you got it or positive way, it is just favor. 
that produces. It's not uh, they put somebody in, they say the person's in a shrine, and <laughs> every morning vomiting dollar. Lies. It doesn't happen. Whether you're in the old court or you're in Christ, none of it happens. So Christian, I'm just saying, you have no business being afraid. Say they turn person to money. The man melted. The intestine is now what? Gold. It doesn't work like that. Okay? But that's not even my emphasis. My emphasis is that you, Christians shouldn't be afraid of anything. Do you get my point? Yeah, though we shouldn't be afraid. We shouldn't spend our energy praying on what the devil can do. No. We shouldn't spend our energy on that. We spend our energy, okay, knowing that he uses tricks. And that's what I've been preaching. He uses tricks. There are devices. Alright? Now remember, he has the power of temptation, deception. The two of them, they go together. Then when we have fallen for his temptation, he now has the power of what? Accusation. And when he has successfully accused, he gets the power to afflict. He gets the power of death. He gets the power to afflict when he will have successfully accused. And that is why we are careful in how we live our lives. We don't want to donate power to him. We don't want to. We don't donate weapons to him. He has two major weapons that he uses against us. One, our falling for his temptations, sin. Two, our words. Those two things are very important. He presents them before the judgment throne of God. And if he has enough, he can obtain judgment against us. So what we do is that we abide under the cover of the blood of Jesus. We hide ourselves under the cover of the blood of Jesus. How do we do that? By constantly cleansing ourselves. How do we do that? By constantly confessing our sins. How do we do that? By constantly learning. By constantly learning. We said that sin has different types. There is error we don't understand. And there are presumptuous sins. Presumptuous sins, we make sure we keep away from them. There are things we don't understand. The fact that we don't know something does not mean it is not wrong. And if you do what is wrong, because you did not know it was wrong, you get little punishment. You don't go scot-free. You understand my point? So, so, so as to be blessed all the time, therefore, we work hard to increase the, knowledge, the amount of things that we know. We continually study the word of God. That's what John was saying. If we say we have no sins, it is because we say we are lying, it's because there is no light in us. The more light we have, the more the areas we know we are not doing right. And let's not ever forget this. God may not punish, but he never blesses disobedience. If you are doing something wrong, you will not be blessed. Let me say that again. You may not know it is wrong, but if it is wrong, there is a blessing you will not get. You follow that point? That's why you need to continue learning. You need to imbibe the truth. You need to keep on exposing your heart. You need to continue to pray that God will reveal things to you. It's only as you are doing that constantly that you are actually hiding yourself under the blood of Jesus. Okay? Part of the things you do to keep on hiding under the blood of Jesus is that you show mercy also. You also must learn how to show mercy to people. It's part of the techniques for hiding under the blood. You also must be merciful. Please, bear that in mind. It is not by shouting the blood, the blood of the blood. No. You also must be merciful. You also must be forgiving. You also must be ready to forgive. It's crucial we understand this point. Now, these are the things that Satan or I uses against us. So many times we are praying and praying and praying. We are not getting any results to the prayer because it is wrongly focused. Let me say it to you again. Satan is not after your money. He can't spend it. He's not. What is he after? Satan is after, like if he takes your money, he's after your faith. That money is just a method. So don't focus on the money. Focus on the faith. 
That is why if anything goes wrong in your life, the first thing you do is to pour shame on the devil. If anything goes wrong in life, okay, pour shame on who? Frustrate him. Do like Job. They came to Job and gave him bad reports. All he did was, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hey, they've taken all your goods, your, all your containers sank with the sheep, and there's no insurance. He said, blessed be the name of the Lord. Your children died, blessed be the name of the Lord. You lost money heavily, you've been attacked by headsmen, blessed be the name of the Lord. That first statement, you know, poured shame, coal, fire on Satan's head. There was no God, why, why, where were you, where were you, where were you? After, after I sold my seed, I gave you my land and I'm still sick. I hope you're getting my point. No, we don't do that. First thing we do is to what? Pour shame on that devil. Rub it in his face by responding with, thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. All things work together for my good. I give you praise. My life is in God's hands. The Lord has, he said, the Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Job said, blessed be the name of the Lord. That frustrated that Satan because that's what he's looking for. He's not looking for the money. You know, you'll be struggling with him over money. I declare, this money will not be missing. We can do that one later. Right now, the money is missing. We start rejoicing. We give the Lord thanks. Even though the fruit tree will not blossom and there will no fruit in the vine, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I hope you're getting my point. I will exalt in the God of my salvation. He will make my feet like hind's feet. I keep rejoicing. That is, you know, we must know what is precious. Your money is not precious. Your car is not precious. Your house is not precious. The roof, the roof <laughs> disappears off your, you know, you are sleeping at night. Maybe one ninja decides not to do his work, allows one breeze to blow your roof away. That carpenter, ah, that carpenter, after he took my money, you know, that's why most people respond. Don't start with that. We'll call the carpenter tomorrow. Right now, it's 1 a.m. and it's raining and your roof is gone. Just start giving thanks. When you finish thanking God, start laughing. Find it funny. Lie on the bed that rain is falling on. Let's Let's see how it will be. Just do that. Then the money will solve the problem. Move from that room, move to another room. That one is leaking too. Move to another room. That one is making noise. It's rattling like it's about to go off. Leave that place. If it's a story building, go downstairs. That one, you are safe. Then rejo- don't complain. No, no people, you, you hear some complaints that you'll be wondering, what's this country coming to? How can you be sleeping and rain, bl- storm, we blow off your roof? In fact, I'm going to America. California fire is waiting for you. Go. <laughs> Go. Go. Bush has been born in California now for the last few days. Killed many people by now. That's killed a lot of people. And that's not counting the 20, almost, you know, about almost 12,500 people that have died this year from firearms. More people die from gunshots in America than Nigeria. They say Nigeria is not safe. An American woman tweeted it. We calculated the number of people that died in America from gunshots, not including suicide. Those are somebody has shot somebody. And there are already almost 12,500. She said this is more than all the people that died from gunshots and bombs in Nigeria. He said, which country is safe? He said, they, said, they said they tell us that African countries are not safe. Say, is this one safe? Now, I'm just trying to say that instead of whining and complaining, what do you do? Just give the Lord thanks. When you do that, you are shaming the devil. Please know where the battle is. Do you understand my point? 
know what the battle is about. It's a battle for faith. So we start with thanksgiving. We give the Lord thanks. We rejoice. Please, get it, get it clear. That is how we, we can say thanks hands over. I like one thing. These two portions we read to start. Peter made it clear to us there that you can refuse to give space to the devil. Are you getting my point? If we don't give him space, he can't thrive. Let's never forget it. If we don't give him space, he can't thrive. He can't. He tries where the flesh is alive. We read it earlier here. He tries where there is division. He tries where there is, you know, selfish ambition. That's where he thrives. He tries where there is anger. You're angry with your mother-in-law. He thrives. There's one story one man of God told. One boy shot himself accidentally in America. All right? He was playing with his father's gun. He mistakenly pulled the trigger. The gun went off, hit him in the head, and he was um, unconscious. So now came to this preacher that he should pray so that the boy might wake up from his unconsciousness. So he prayed and prayed and prayed. I know what happened. The boy died. And after the boy died, they buried him. No, the story is not the boy now woke up. He didn't wake up anything. The boy died. So he was now wondering. Listen to this. He now realized, of course, while talking to people or to the family, now he realized that the, father, the boy's father does not talk to the boy's mother. I don't know whether you are getting my point. Where there was anger and division, there was all manner of evil works. It's not say, oh, you who can't solve the quarrel between you, I should be raising a boy that's injured. Two of you are not serious. That is, you killed the boy, not me. Not, I, I don't know whether you're getting my point. The gun did not. That the two of you killed the boy. A friend of mine was telling me about one man and his wife, you know, one of the states not too far away from here. The, the children were playing. Somebody went, you know, this engine block. Engine block. Yeah. Kept it on the fence. Oh. Children were playing near it. So somebody tipped over, you know, the rest of the story. Crushed one of the kids to death. When he was telling me the story, it's like that one, that if you see the quarrel between the father and the mother, that was what spilled over. They don't let Satan be playing around. You know, people be praying. They don't know where to spend the energy. Satan, you can't come into this house. Satan said, why wouldn't I come? You made my bed. Every time you sit down, you are always describing what the other party has not done well. Bad stories every day. Anger. Listen, I feel like saying this. There are people, their business is not doing well today. Do you know why? They're angry with their father. They're angry with their father. That is, their father. Now, the anger is justified, though. Please don't get it wrong. The man did what is wrong. He drove their mother away after they married for 30 years. I married them one young girl in the house. My father tried that. I ought to be angry. But I will have to quickly forget the anger because I have my own home to run. I don't know where you're getting my point. They are, you know, perhaps they exercise yourself unto godliness. There are things you will deliberately... No, let me not say Satan. Talk with that generation. Because Satan, he knows how he moves from one generation to the other. To, you know, he creates doors. People talk about ancestral curses. They don't have these things. They don't just walk because you were born in a house. They have to teach you the doors of the house. Are you getting my point? This door, did we, we, we Satan, and we, the demons, how did we enter? Do you get the point? We Satan, demons, how did we enter? We have to teach the children. I like one day Ed Cole used to teach us those days. We read him in his books and listened to his messages. He said, when you find a man, it's an alcoholic, beats his wife very well, beat the children, drunk half of the time, that, you know, 
any little money he makes, you know, wasting on all kinds of things, alcohol, women. Then boys grow up in that family, and their head is correct. Normal children. They look at everything their father has done, and they are angry. He said, what they don't know, Ed Cole taught us, that's why I learned it. He said, over some time you see, the boy hates everything his father did. Then, by the time he's in his late 30s, he has started drinking. Now he's married, he has a son, or two, three children, maybe a daughter, two daughters, you know, there. You know, he started drinking. Maybe he started drinking because of one small frustration. Before he knew what was happening, he just, no, he would never be like his father. He made up his mind from the beginning he would never be like his father. But he's already an alcoholic, he does not know. He's still thinking, I will never be like my father. Then one day his wife points out to him that you drink too much, and he pounces on her. He beats the woman black, blue, yellow, white, green. When the Ogogoro clears from his eyes, he will look at himself in the mirror. He will realize that he's exactly like his father. He didn't know what was going to happen. He made up his mind as a 14-year-old boy, I will never be like this. Now he's 40. It's exactly what the man was. And then he looks at his life. He knows how his father's life ended, how the family ended. And he knows he's heading in that direction. My wife will soon leave. She will soon take the children. And then he's now desperate. Elko said, do you know how he got to that place? It's simple. He was angry with his father. He would never think of it. That anger is the reason, that is, is why he made up his mind he would never be like him. But he didn't know that that anger opened the door for the evil spirit that made his father what he was. So Edco said, how do you spell release? He said, this is how to spell release. What is the spelling of release? It's F-O-R-G-I-V-E-N-E-S-S. So that's how to spell release. Forgiveness. That no matter how hard that guy, that girl said, I would not be like my father or like my mother or whatever, be the parent they don't like. As long as there's anger, those kind of things are inside there. You see, people don't behave the way they want. You know, even Judas that wanted to betray Jesus. Betraying Jesus is a very powerful thing. Do you know that? It's hard. So he needed assistance. It's not in your Bible. When Jesus gave him bread, what happened? Satan entered him. You don't just wake up and betray Jesus. Where do you smoke? Even those, that's, that's between Judas. Satan had to enter him. One day I was talking with my wife, or telling me a story about one young woman. Well, I was just hearing them talking. So I asked her, what happened? I heard, ah, I heard the story about this girl too. You know, when they say girl is bad. You know, I mean, when I say she's very bad. High level <laughs> badness. You will go on church, <laughs> they will dismiss her and the choir leader for reasons you can imagine in your soul. <laughs> As he's adulterating one pastor, as she's fornicating the choir master. And they go to another church, scatter the family of another man there. And the men are very stupid. And the man married her. Anyway, when Satan wants to destroy people, when God, no, not when Satan, God. When God says this guy should be destroyed, you remove sense. When they were hearing this story, ah, I just said, Where is her father? That was the question I asked. There's the way you behave. I hold your father responsible. I, 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 I thought of that girl, not somebody I know. I just said, ha, ha. The spirit will possess you strong. Only a father can cast this one out. That this one is too, look, this spirit is too strong. 
They're like, this behavior is not normal. Look, only a father can cast this one out. Remember that day I said, this girl is behaving like a girl that the father cursed. No restraint. Don't think she likes it. She doesn't like it. She has no control. This is, I want to talk about satanic oppression. Some people are under oppression. People are under oppression. They can't help themselves. I'm talking about how doors, you know, are opened. How you open doors. Just open it. Satan will just enter, build a nest inside the house. And they are going to church. Oh, I forgot to tell you. People like that are going to church. This is the day that the Lord has... When you go to church, you will allow someone Satan will wait outside. This is your choice. They can injure somebody. But you can't cast that Satan out. You cannot. Until you mend some things. Mend anger. Unforgiveness. You know? Like I said, he knows. He will focus look at your father. He's a bad man. Yes. Did I say your father is a good man? No. But he said, you must forgive. Forgive us our trespasses is important. As we forgive those who trespass against us. Satan doesn't, he doesn't have the, oh, that's what I'm getting to emphasize. Sometimes people are pursuing, pursuing, because they don't pursue this guy. Close the door. This pursuit is not necessary. Shut the door. You see here, we read it. Both of them said it. James said it. Peter said it. Now, let me read this one. I mean, James. He said, God is opposed to the proud, gives grace to the humble. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, I want you to notice that. How do you resist the devil? Is by submitting to God. Is by submitting to God. It is not by shouting, devil, I resist you. It is by submitting. It is by submitting. That's how you resist the devil. So instead of spending our energy, say, what is Satan doing? Ask yourself, where am I not submitted? I hope you're getting my point. Where am I not submitted to God? That is it. Where am I not submitted? That is the only thing. It's not about... Gosh, I just pray we will just leave this Satan alone. Resisting Satan is simply submitting to God, submitting to everything God says, conforming your life to the order of Christ. He's automatically resisted. Five things, like we said the other day, every bit of flesh hanging here and there, we have to kill it. You know, today I was meditating. Maybe I should just share this. I was trying to leave this at another time, but it looks like I have to say it again. Well, I mean, I didn't want to say it because I said... We've talked on this thing again in this series before. But thing is staying in my mind. Let's get back to it again. We've talked about it before. The swar went forth to what? To sow. Please, I want you to notice what I'm about to say. The swar went forth to sow. Some fell by the wayside. There was no... Jesus said that they didn't understand anything. For that reason, the birds of the air came, picked the word that was sown in their hearts. So there was no chance of it bearing fruit. I'm not talking about such people. The next group, they understood the word. That's the next group. It sprang quickly, but they did not have depth of earth. So when persecution came because of the word, now which is necessary anyway, because every plant grows with, with the sun, but their own, because they didn't have depth of earth, they withered quickly, and that was it, no fruit. Now again, I'm not talking about that. The third group is the one I like to talk about, but which is important, I just felt it's on my spirit, I should say it. The third group, what is their own problem? They heard the word they understood. They imbibed the word. Listen to this. They lived by the word. Persecution could not take them away from the word. If you threaten their lives, they wouldn't give in. Now, I want you to understand something. The most difficult, physically speaking, to the rational mind, actually, 
The most difficult earth is the one that's hard, that they, there was no soil. This, the, the thing just dropped on the surface. That appeared like the most difficult, right? So the world couldn't even penetrate. The next one is the one that's shallow. It's because it's hard also. It doesn't have just a bit of soil on the surface. Everything below is hard. Again, it doesn't penetrate. Now, so we understand people who are stubborn. You teach them the word, they don't listen. No matter how much you try to counsel them with the word of God, it doesn't pass through into their hearts. So we understand that. But this third group is the dangerous one. They are committed Christians. Anytime you say with the word of God, they respond. You correct them with God's word, they will respond. You teach them something new, they are there. It's move of the Holy Spirit, they are there. It's move of faith, they are there. It's move of prayer, they are are there. Move of holiness, they are there. Anything you call it, they will be there. Sanctification, they will be there. They learn the word. Jesus said, so their plant is doing well. It's supposed to do what? Produce. He said, but when it comes to the point of production, a huge number don't bring forth anything. And Jesus said, why? He says, because as fertile as their earth is, as fertile as their heart is. Now, remember I said the rock is so obvious and so hard. He said, this is why everything is good. There's only one problem. Something else is sown in their heart with the word. So as you are preaching the word and they are imbibing it, there's another seed that is inside there. When that one grows, it produces thorns. Now, because they don't have this hardness of heart and all of those things, this is Satan's last card. So somebody follows the word for 20 years. It's supposed to produce in the 21st year. When it's about to start producing, what Jesus said, the thorns grow up and choke the word. I was deliberately this dramatic for you to know that being a good, vibrant, committed Christian is no guarantee. What are the thorns? I was meditating about it today. I was just thinking. First, by definition, the thorns must be things that are fairly inconsequential to the mind. They're not like the rock that did not let the world produce, uh, penetrate. Thorns are inconsequential. They are small. For them to have been inside the earth, they were there as a seed. I hope you're getting my point. They were there as seeds. So they let the world produce. They let the guy go to church. They let the girl I mean, fully committed. Holy, righteous life. But, I need to say this. Many times we are fighting Satan. This is actually what should be fighting. The thorns. We discussed some time ago. That's why I was reluctant to get to it again today, but it's in my heart, so I think we have to do it. Many times we are fighting. Look, I've done everything. I've done everything. Jesus said, yes, it's the thorns that's remaining. Now, what are the thorns? I said, they are small. Because they're actually seeds. Now, because they are small, people often overlook them. The man doesn't talk much, so you don't notice the thorns are inside the heart. They are little things like strongholds, firmly held beliefs. Sometimes deeply seated fleshly desires. Let me give an example. This will surprise you. No, it won't. It may be as trivial as something like a young woman has looked and she has seen big, she has seen big weddings. Are you my point? You know, there are weddings that are big. The hall says it's not good, so they hire one of these massive tents. The cake now, 50 steps. <laughs> Gown, we know where they brought it from. They had to ship that one specially. Nice wedding. I, I saw one those days in Benin that they didn't even use a car to carry the bride and groom. You know the way we are, human beings. It's not about money, it's about being different. So they use a horse and carriage. The father, of the, the father of the bride had limos, had 
Rolls Royce. He said, no, let's show them something else. So they decorated a carriage and dragged them through the streets with horses. Omo, effect. You know what they call effect? <laughs> now, a young woman may have seen all of these things. And she has seen normal weddings, poor weddings. She made up her mind that I must have what? A grand wedding ceremony. It's a small thing, isn't it? Except that it's a thorn. It's a small seed. It's flesh. There's nothing. Listen, let me just tell you now. I have seen weddings that are beautiful. They lasted one month. Okay, okay. Not that bad. Six weeks. I'm sure you're wondering, what's the difference between one month and six weeks? The one I'm, the one, the one I'm thinking of immediately now, it did not last beyond the honeymoon. And this is a wedding where to prepare for the wedding is abroad. Shop all over Europe. Honeymoon, I do I need to tell you, it was not in these common countries like Nigeria. No, no. It's, they moved. But it did not last beyond that honeymoon. So please, remove from your brain grand wedding. It has no meaning. As a little boy, I watched Charles marry Diana. Me too. Because it was the talk of town. Prince Charles was getting married to Princess Diana. Or to Diana, who now became Princess D. We watched it too in Nigeria. I'm sure I was a little boy. But who wants to, who will, who wants that wedding, that marriage? Nobody. Now, one will know what was behind it. I watched it. So, I just like dropping that. So, there are things that, you, you know, God does not even want you to pray about some things. Say, God, in the name of Jesus, my wedding gown must be said, shut up, get up, and go to work. There are prayer points you must not even bring to prayer. It shows that you are shallow. You don't know what's important in life. When you kneel down, God is ashamed of your voice. She has come again. One of my most stupid children. You know that kind of thing? Want to pray. Say, just, say, Gabriel, just watch her prayer point. Father, in the name of Jesus, I saw a new gown today. Now, wow. You know? <laughs> because you hear that. We are kneeling down to pray. Nice wedding gown. In the name of Jesus, my wedding must be you know, Christians keep those things in their hearts too. And they don't talk about them. They don't because, I mean, how can they say that in front of Pastor O'Kimity that that's what they are praying about? You will cast out the demon. So unless they be cast out, they keep quiet about it. But it's, 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 it's a thorn, the seed of a thorn. It's inside the heart. It's as trivial as that. There are those who have made up their mind and say, all oh, these women, my mama suffered like they become my papa. <laughs> you only come with young women. Oh, my mama. Lie, lie. Once you come and say, ah, Sister Angela, how are you? You check your car. You will never say anything, no. But they don't check up. Uh-huh. So, Brother Fred, how far? Uh, can I escort you somewhere? How? I can't enter keke all by myself. I don't need a male escort. This is not Saudi Arabia. <laughs> We've been laughing about this. It's not, she won't talk about it. You'll never know it. My spirit, I pray about it, but my spirit, my spirit. <laughs> pray about it, my spirit. No, honestly. <laughs> it's there, small. But you know what? It's a powerful choker of the word. It strangles the word, the words can produce in their life. 
And they'll be praying. Every demon, every spirit, whatever they have tied this woman's destiny. God said, nobody can tie it. This is my daughter's destiny. Nobody can tie it. Then why is he not seeing the result? He's a thorn. Anytime I want to bless her, it rises and chokes the word. This is a painful part sometimes. She does not even know. Sometimes it's just so dissolved there. She has no idea. Listen, the word works. God fulfills his promises. Jesus said the problem many times is the tongues. Something just locked. Locked. As trivial as that. Look, even women, no, I just use women as an example. Women were like that too. There are men who still believe that because they come from a place where, as far as they are concerned, their place is your material possession that determines what you are like. We don't talk about it. We come to church. This guy will serve the Lord. He will do everything that the word says that we know. There's only one issue. He still holds it in his heart that a man that has not built a house is not a man. And you see, as small as it is, it's a ton. You know, I talked I talk about those things that look physically more terrible. <laughs> Satan said, don't leave it. These guys are powerful. I won't use it for them. I use tiny things, which actually spiritually are extremely powerful. Pray from now to tomorrow. It chokes the word. What we don't understand, what do we start doing? We start binding. Then false prophets, they are bound. God has given them that assignment to confuse people. Say, I have near success syndrome. As I was praying, I began to see some people gathered and they were covering the destiny with leaves. It's the same thing every time. You've heard them again and again. Describe your life, declare everything accurately. God said, ha, oh, worry. Oh, the man will sow seed for breaking. I have a near success syndrome. He will sow seed from now to tomorrow. God says, hey, he's just the tongue that chokes the word. What are tongues? They don't talk much. They are deep-seated, deeply held strongholds, beliefs, deeply held desires. And I feel like I should add this one again. Just a little bit of anger in the heart. It's just there. Unforgiveness. Sometimes parents pollute the hearts of their children. With, they sow stunts all over the place. You hear a woman tell the daughter, Ah, Ada, me, I have no problem with anybody. I have no because it's my heart. I love everybody. But if they are from Venue State, Ada <laughs> don't swallow issue that this pawn has entered her heart. It's kept there. So the girl will feel like a good girl. I can even marry you, woman. As long as it's not from Benue State. And think about it. The world is very big. There's whole of China, over 1 billion people. India, over 1 billion people. Bangladesh, Pakistan, Afghanistan, you know, even Peru, Chile. This not like, not Africa. They will come to Africa. I can marry from Mali. I can marry from South Africa, or uh, Algeria, Tunisia, Ghana, Togo. It's only Benue State. Even God understands. I'm liberated. It's just that Benue State. That my mother warned me about. Good girl, serving the Lord, loves the Lord. That thought is small. Think about it. It's only Benue State. Out of 36 states in Nigeria, if I tell God that it's only Benue I don't want, he should understand. I'm a good girl. I know people that will never marry from outside their village. 
Me, I'm ready to go to Togo. It's just Benue. It's just things in the heart. No, it doesn't matter. But God said, this is why the word you have believed for 20 years will not produce. This is where Satan reigns. Oh. I hope you are getting my point. The one that makes me laugh sometimes with those of us who claim to be called to ministry. God, please forgive me that I'm thinking of some people as I'm preaching. I should be thinking of myself. I'm thinking, anointed men, anointed. But before I go into ministry, I have to have money first. I will have something doing, investment that's producing. I can't come to ministry and be collecting offering. Ton is dead. You think they mean well. But Jesus said, when I sent you out, did you, did, what did I tell you? Take no personal scripture. Did you lack anything? They said no. So fine. Because you want to do it your way, fine. They will labor and labor. Nothing works. Declaring the word money afternoon and night, they turn. They will start gathering for deliverance from generational curses. Near success syndrome. The spirits that say they will not break through. God said they should have understood that what you do first matters to me. You cannot leave the reason I gave you life to when it is convenient. After you finish making money, and I said, God, what did you say I should do? I hope you are getting my point. Let me say it again. I just feel like, like I told you, I know we talked about it before. It just stayed in my mind, so I said we should. Maybe the Lord, Holy Spirit wants to help some people. All of us. Remember this. Tongues don't disappear because the word entered. They don't. That's been my experience studying the scriptures and in life too. We used to think that if you just imbibe the word, every negative thing goes away. I realized that it's not so. God said, let there be light, and there was light. And darkness did not disappear. Darkness went to height. Anytime you produce, you bring forth the word with light, darkness turns, goes to height. Go and check it. Even when Jesus rebuked Satan, the Bible says he departed from him till an opportune time. He was waiting for another time. Darkness goes to hide. Turns hide. The more you shine light, the, deep, the deeper they hide. As the word is entering, the word is entering, the turns hide. They don't go away. That's why the Bible says, then the Lord separated the light from the darkness. So God had to come, take the light, and separate it from the darkness. Tons must be dug up. They must be uprooted. They must be deliberately destroyed. I hope you are getting my point. They must be dug up. They must be deliberately destroyed. They don't just disappear by themselves. We use the word. We use the Holy Spirit. We use prayer. Same thing. Word, Holy Spirit, prayer. That's what we use. But the difference is that it must be targeted. What the Holy Spirit does is to open the heart. Say, David, see, he's hiding here. David's seat is hiding here. So he said, try me, O Lord, and know my heart. Search me. Let me know if there's any hurtful thing. That's what it means by hurtful thing. There's a thorn. You just hide it. You don't know it's there. You don't know it's there. Is the reason why nothing is happening? Is preventing things from moving forward? Is preventing breakthrough? Preventing increase? People say it's Satan. Prophets that don't understand start looking for who to blame. But there's nobody to blame. Jesus said, uproot the thorns. You see rapid results. And what the Holy Spirit does is just <laughs> using that example I gave earlier. Somebody hides a trivial thing like a grand wedding in the heart. One day I just listened to the word. Somebody will just, like I mentioned today now, just mention it. And just realize, suddenly you realize in your heart, ah, that has been there. 
How do we kill it? We bring it out and say, Lord, see it. I confess it in the name of Jesus. Now I declare that a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. That is, outward things are vain. I hope you're getting the point. Now we understand it. You just declare it. Then it kills that tongue. And all, listen, the truth is that many of us, eh? you know, parents are very, very funny people. Parents. They are very funny people. That includes me. I'm not pointing at you. Did I mention your name? I said, parents, all of us, we have to just work hard. This is what I'm trying to say. We are, we are you know, the soil went forth to sow. The seed is what? The word of God. Parents are very good sowers of the word. Amen? Amen. But they are also terrible sowers of tongues. As they are sowing the word, they are sowing tongues. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? They sow, like I said earlier, that woman who raised this girl in godliness, righteousness, taught her everything in Christianity. They added what? A small tongue. Say, Angela, I love everybody. You know I'm a Christian. You know me. And the girl says, yes, mommy. But if the man is from Benuesti, that's a tongue. And that tongue is more potent because it is sown by a sower of the word. Why is the parents are very funny? I see parents, Christian parents make decisions every day. I just, they amaze me. You see parents that saw the environment, saw how difficult it was. They prayed. They walked. They believed God. They went out and they prospered. You know what they do with the prosperity? Send the children abroad to go and hide. I said, what is wrong with you? This God that blessed I don't want my children to suffer. You are spoiling this boy's destiny. Sometimes I look at, you know, you know, parents. They just engineer to make their children average. I was asking about one guy the other day. I just heard about him. Ah, okay, where is he now? There's nothing wrong with being an American physician, amen? I mean, American physician is a good thing. Is it a bad thing? But I was thinking of the guy. I was thinking about him. I just said, is this where, that's where it ended? Let me explain. The first day I met, when I first met him, okay? Because he's a Christian, we got friendly. So we go to church together, go to a few places together. And he had a car those days when most Nigerian doctors were the poorest things that existed on the earth. His father was that well to do. So when they were going, he said, please, can we stop by in his house? He wanted to pick something. So I said, no problem. So we stopped. No, the first day, he said that we passed by a place. He said, that's my house. I looked for the house. Which one? He said, that one. I said, that's not a house. That's a mansion. Are you getting my point? You know when he said, that's my house? He started looking for a normal house. Then when you see plenty of walls, he said, no, that's not somebody's house. You are looking for the house. How can you call that in a house? Then the day he said, can we stop by in his house? We, we entered. His father was there. He introduced me to the father. I sat down. The father was not there. He said, oh boy, can you believe? That boy took my money. Was lamenting. The father mentioned one figure. And said it trivial. I don't know. Okay, I can't remember the figure, but in today's Naira, it'd be like, that guy just took my 50 million. I will find, I will find him one day. And it's like nothing happened. <laughs> that was my answer. Ah, sir, you lose the amount of money. You should be worried. I mean, look at you sitting there like nothing happened. Father was extremely well to do. Extremely. You know, he had businesses we knew all over Lagos. Then when I was also, I just remembered him there a few days ago. I said, eh? So what has it come to? A regular. American physician, working morning, afternoon, and night, collecting some salary. You can't even take your father's wealth to another level. Now, you see where I'm going? It's because parents, they feel safer like that. They don't want the children to take any risks they took. Are you getting my point? 
No, they don't want the children to take any risk with their lives. So they plant thorns all over the children's hearts. Nigeria is not a good country. These same parents prospered in this same nation when it was worse than it. If you think it's bad, it's not bad now. They were there when it was bad. They they get to a point where wherever you are going, they can dip their hands in their pocket, give the children $50,000, and they will not say Nigeria is not a good country. I'm I'm telling you, I see it every day, I just shake my head. No, personally, I know. I don't want to create that kind of... There are things I do deliberately. What if you fail? Let me fail. At least I did it by faith. Amen? No, I keep telling you, if you hear that one day I die, you say, ah, that man finally died. Praise God. In faith. I would rather do hear that kind of testimony than live in unbelief. It's not good. Why should life just be average like that? We didn't live for anything special. Just live to build a house, buy a few cars, change it once in a while, travel abroad, come back, sit down. And they finally die. What happened? Ah, he had some money. Amen. Praise God. He's dead. The next, uh, next, not then, we start again. No, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't want it for myself. I don't want it for my children. I don't want it for myself. I don't want it for my children. I want stories told, not of how much money I have, but how much impact I made in my generation. Nobody ever valued the, the, the impact of Paul in money. Nobody does that. We value the impact of Paul is that today we are sure hundreds of millions of people hear Paul talked about daily. There's no day that at least 500 million people will not hear directly the words of Paul. Somebody will read it to you, even if they don't believe in it. They used to bless you. My God shall supply all your needs. I mean, you hear it every day. That's what I mean when I say parents are torn sores. They sow tons, and for that reason, children don't prosper as much as they should. Many times, the same parents who are saying, pray for my child, is the reason why the child, the child can't make progress. I've used the poison, the anger they have against the girl's father to finish the girl's destiny. And I say, pray for her. Where the young woman needs to pray for God to help her find where all the tons are hidden so she can pull them out. Sometimes it's very painful. You'll be forgiving the kind of forgiveness that's making you angry. Are you getting my point? When I heard the story of Cory Tembun, who had to forgive the guards that kept them in concentration camps when she met one one day. And that one didn't recognize her. That's what it means to be a Christian. Christianity said, look, take my yoke. That's what he said. It's a yoke. It's a yoke. It's a yoke. It's something we still carry. It's easy because it gives us grace. Cory Tembun had to forgive somebody. Do you know what they mean? Concentration camp, Hitler's camp. You now meet one of the guards years later and they say forgive. That's why Satan thrives, though. Please, let's get it. Secretly held beliefs that are wrong, that are against the word of God, they may look right. Anytime I see Christians say, I, I, I want to marry from I don't want to marry from you, I lose respect for you on the spot. I just believe that you, you are not a Christian. You don't know what it means to be a believer. These are tons. And let me tell you something. These tons, where they are going to produce results later in life, you don't know. It may not stop you from marrying. You tell you, come and enjoy the marriage now. Because the world wants to produce. These tons just do what? They choke it. These tons choke. We, have, we must be deliberate about putting everything. Listen, I was telling you. You see, anointed people, but money is a thorn in their hearts. 
I had some kind of counsels from some people. I had some particular brother. When I told him about the ministry, these are people that those days, they taught you the scriptures. You borrowed books from them. They, by the time you are first joining fellowship, they are already Bible teachers. I told them the kind of ministry I was planning to start, which is what we are still doing till today. Say, banking, start a church. I said, why? He said, if you don't have church, people will not respect you. You know, there are statements we hear from some people you are worried. That how can you make this statement to me? That I need to start a church so I can get respect. Who's begging for respect? Who's begging for respect? Listen to the word I have preached. Read the books I have written. Let God bless me. Obey God with it. I'm fine. I'm fine by it. I'm fine by it. One of the greatest testimonies. I've heard many of them, but the one I heard, one of the ones I heard recently when I went to Makodi, was when somebody said, that, do, I, do we have study center in Abuja? I said, no. I, 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 I think I remember that one. And that's okay. He said he met some young women in Abuja who gather together to listen to our messages. She thought that we knew. I said, no, I don't know anything about it. Though. They just gathered by themselves. Like, okay. Pastor banking time, blessing time. You know that kind of thing. They sit down and listen. It's church time. They will sit together and listen. And I said, no, I, we don't know anything about it. That they just did by themselves. But something led to, we were talking about, I was doing our study center in Makodi and all that. Where people gather, study. We send materials from here and all of that. So do you have now? We just say, well, I don't have it. Oh, those, they just do by themselves. We don't know them. Did they care whether I have a church? The person who gave me that counsel, till today, not doing ministry. First time I met him, teaching the scriptures, it's like 30 years ago. Oh, yes. Tons. They must be uprooted. They must be uprooted. Let's ask to our feet. They must be uprooted. They must be uprooted. Amen. It's not Satan that's prevented. Pre- there's nothing like a near success syndrome. It's tongue syndrome. It's, it's tongue choking the world syndrome. It's not near success. It's tongue scattering everything syndrome. That is what the issue is. Therefore, I'm going to give us a few minutes. Let's begin to pray. I don't know how to word the prayers. Just form the prayers as it comes to your heart. Say, Lord, every hidden thing. That will not remember tongues must be deliberately uprooted, they must be plucked. Say that every hidden thing, every belief, every stronghold, everything in the heart, hidden. I don't even know, I don't, I may not even know it's there. Things I may not know it's there, but it's there, it's hidden. That will prevent the word from producing. Say, Lord, help me. Reveal it to me. Try me, O Lord, and know my heart. When David said, let me, he said, know my heart, he was saying, in effect, God, reveal it to me. That's the meaning of that prayer. Because God already knows, and he knows. God does not need to try him for him, God, to know. God already knows. When he said, try me, let events demonstrate it to me. Holy Spirit, reveal it to me. I don't want to walk with God for 20 years and find out that the thing can't produce. Why? Tons. One annoying belief system. One otherwise inconsequential thought. I sell the prospect of a beautiful marriage because I want a giant cake. 
You know, silly thing like that. That's what tongues do. Because a man who will have, who God sent into my life to make me happy, to make me serve God, now I wouldn't agree to marry because now he can't afford it. Such a small thing, depriving me of the destiny produced by years of being educated by the word of God. No, it is not right. Say, Lord, that tongue, I will not allow it. In the name of Jesus, say, Lord, try me. David said, try me, O Lord, and know my heart. God already knows it. God does not need to try you to know your heart. And David knows that very well. He was saying, Lord, search me, O Lord, and know my heart. God already knows. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. God already knows. So when he was saying that, what David was saying is that, search me, bring it, bring it up to me. Let me know what's hidden inside. Try me. Let events show me. That I don't trust in God, I trust in money. So that I can confess it out of my life. So I can reject it. So I can uproot it with the direct action of the word. So I can crush it with the hammer of the word. So that word that's like fire can burn it off. It's a deliberate action. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Listen, Christians, this is what is Christianity. The purging of our souls until Satan has nowhere to hide. It can be unforgiveness. Say, Lord, I may not be thinking about him every day, but there's somebody. There is somebody I'm angry with. I may not be thinking about her every day. Say, Lord, bring it up. That I may just remove it from there. It's hiding. That's the point. They hide. The Bible says God separated the light from the darkness. Sometimes people have disappointed you. And you have said, ah, I can never trust the man of God. So anytime they start preaching, you are, you are checking what is their ulterior motive. Thereby depriving yourself the blessing. That's in the word. Say, Lord, try me and know my anxious thoughts. Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Bring them up to me that I can confess it. God will speak to you so that you will know that they sit in the seat of Moses. Do as they say, but not as they do. So it's possible for somebody to bless you with the word. And it can disappoint you in other areas. But God says, forgive him. Forgive her. Say, Lord, try me and know my anxious thoughts. It's an important prayer. These are the things that, you know, people are chasing Satan, you know, which he said that I will not prosper. How can they, who are they? Ah, a child of God. With the Holy Spirit walking in your life, who are they? Lie, lie is not possible. The only problems, the only hindrances are inside us. So today we must dig them up again. That's the scheme of Satan. Like we said, the hard rock is not the problem. Satan said that one has gone. Say so these Christians, their hearts are not they are not hard. Let me throw a, a small seed in the fertile soil. Let it grow with the word. Therefore, people are looking for security in material things, and therefore they abandon the call of God for their lives. It can happen to anybody if this if that thorn is there. Uproot the thorn. Uproot that thorn. Uproot that thorn. Uproot it. Uproot it, uproot it. I, I, I want you to pray. I want you to take time and pray. Say, Lord, search me. Bring it up to me. You know what John said? If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. What was he trying to say? He said, because we are in darkness, it's because we are not in light. Say, Lord, shine your light into the secret place of my heart, that I might know the things that are hiding inside there. I want to just remove them. I want to uproot them. The jealousy that is there. So people are reading every day, trying to prove a point to people that are not God. 
heard the story of one young man went out to go and succeed in life just to prove his father wrong. That is not how to do it. His father made a statement as if this boy can't stand on your own without me. The guy said, eh, he tried to make more money than his father. It might look like a good thing, but it's a bad thing. Just go on with your life. Serve God. Let God take care of everything. Vindicate me, oh God. That's what David will say. David doesn't try to vindicate himself. Say, Lord, you vindicate me. You vindicate me. Prove that you are in my life. Prove that I'm working for you. I will not go out to prove it to anybody. I'm just going to walk with you. That's how we pray. Say, Lord, try me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any hurtful way in me. That, that is the issue. Sometimes we have ideas that's leading us. Now we think we know what we are doing. We counsel people, teach them how to do things when we don't even know what we are doing. <laughs> it's prayer. It's, that's, that's, that's the beautiful thing about being a believer. That's the beautiful thing about being a believer. That's the beauty. You can pray and God will answer you. Remember, if you are feeling any hindrance, you need to pray that prayer. We prayed it some time ago, but I just feel led back to it again today. If you are feeling any obstruction, if you are feeling any hindrance in any area, in any area, something is just not breaking forth. Something is just not breaking. Something is just not breaking forth. I say, Lord, try me. What is the thunder that's choking the world? The world produces. Just the thunder that's trying to choke it. Say, Lord, I must not miss my destiny. <laughs> oh God, we don't have all the time we don't have all the time, many times we waste time not knowing that we don't have all the time you, th- you want to start obeying God when you are old no, sometimes it becomes too late sometimes it becomes too late it is now, now, make up your mind God I will walk with you remember we say flesh must die so I say Lord, if it, if it, disgrace me if you have to, I'm nothing in myself anymore I don't have any point to prove to anybody. I don't have to get back to anybody. At anybody, they did me wrong. Let me go and show them. I don't need to show anybody anything. I want to forget people. I just want to forget them. I want to forget them. I want to succeed in obeying God. I want to succeed in fulfilling the assignment of God for my life. I want to determine my success by how much God is pleased. That's what I'm asking for. Say, Father, that's what my desire. That's the desire of my heart. Many people are running up and down. We don't know what's pushing them. But the only thing that's allowed to push us as believers is the pleasure of God. The pleasure of God. Is God pleased? Is he happy with me? Is God pleased? Is he happy with me? Some people say they want to establish the name of their family. God says, stop that nonsense. Stop that nonsense. If I'm going to make you change that name, what is your family? The day you gave your life to Christ, it's called giving your life to Christ. You belong to me now. I do with you what I please. I do with you what I please. Every hidden thing that wants to grow and choke the word in my life it must die today. Unforgiveness must die. Trying to please man must die. Trying to achieve materially must die. Satan will not thrive in the seed of thorns in my life. No, Satan will not thrive. Let's begin to give Lord thanks because he has heard us. Let's say, Father, we thank you. Say, Lord, we thank you for freedom. Ah, I see breakthrough coming the way of many people. Breakthrough is coming. Breakthrough is coming. Breakthrough is coming. I see breakthrough coming in the name of Jesus. Breakthrough is coming. Breakthrough is coming. 
Many people have been held in a particular place for a long time because a stronghold held them. But today, indeed, it is over. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, because they have removed that stronghold. Because that thorn has been killed. It can no longer choke the word. I see breakthrough coming into your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. Breakthrough is coming into somebody's life. In the name of Jesus. Breakthrough in different areas. And you know what? God will take glory. Spiritual things are interesting. You just change your mind in an area. You see manifestation fire away from where you are changing your mind. There are people who, you, you, as you are praying this prayer today, you get a call ne- tomorrow, all the way from Abuja, Portacot, Abakaliki, Lagos, far. They didn't know you prayed, though. Suddenly so a phone call comes and says, please, oh, we've been looking at your application. Can you show up for interview? Why? You just repented of something. Why? The people have been trying to employ you for weeks. But the tongue said, lie, lie, this guy ain't getting this job. Breakthrough is coming. Amen. I said it's coming rapidly to somebody. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Healing is coming to somebody. Amen. Healing is coming to somebody. Amen. The power of God is going into some hidden parts of your body and making them well. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Doctors are about to be confounded. Amen. That is, they, they will be amazed be amazed. Ah, what happened? It's God that happened. It's God that happened. Like one story Canadian told a pastor that had ulcer, serious ulcer, doctors had operated, the ulcer had come back again. What's the cause of the ulcer? That man was angry with another pastor down the road. Why? He came to his town to start a church competition and that ulcer was going to kill him because he's angry with another pastor. Healing has come to somebody today. Amen. That affliction that was in your father, that was in your grandfather, it will not abide with you. Amen. You began to feel it maybe last year, two years ago, but today I declare it will not abide with you. Amen. The healing power of Jesus is confirmed in your life. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. That family trouble. Listen, ancestral curses need ancestral misbehavior. The curse itself has been broken in Christ Jesus. So Satan wants to hide, bring the ancestral misbehavior, wants that one to stay, knowing that Satan will be able to stay there. Listen, oh, drop your father's ideas about marriage. It's tons that he put in your heart. Go and learn what the Bible says about marriage. Drop your mother's anger against men. She had two or three husbands. All of them were very wicked. None of them treated her well. And she has three daughters. Planted tongues all over their hearts. And you are one of those girls. Because not only will you remove the tongues in your heart, you will go back home and deliver your sisters. Before your mother manages to ruin a whole generation of girls. Listen, freedom has come to you today in Jesus' name. I said freedom has come to you in the name of Jesus. Listen, people of God, when Jesus delivered us, ah, it's not I understand. When he delivered us, you know he delivered us truly. It's just these things that are preventing the deliverances from manifesting. Deliverance in health, it will manifest. Deliverance in prosperity will manifest. In marital joint, it will not manifest. Why? We held on to tons. So anytime we pray, we pray, we pray, we believe God, we declare the word, we declare the word, declare the word. When the thing wants to produce like this, tongue will rise and choke it. Let the sin of the last generation go with their generation. Your father's trouble is his own, not your own. Don't bring his demons into your home. Don't bring it into your home. His ideas of marriage are not the word of God. 
David said, come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. That is something you need to learn. Children, leave your fathers. Let me teach you. Let me teach you. No. Since the, since the Biafran war, some parents are still angry. Do you know, do you know that? Have you not met them? Yeah. Since the war. You go and bring a, a husband from a, a part of, you know, they look. One brother come the other day. He's trying to help somebody. The mother say, Lila. Why? Because his father, his own father. Do you understand? This is his mother talking to him. Her husband, his father, was killed by people in Calabar during this, um, all the crisis around the war. So now, of course, he's a big man now. He's helping the young woman. The day the mother found out she's from Calabar, Opari, mother said, lie, lie. He had to call me, say, Pastor, what do I do? That's how people, they take the anger. They want to poison the next generation. And listen, I'm not saying what the woman is doing is right, but you can understand. Not only did they kill her husband, they killed her father-in-law while she watched. He was a little boy at that time. 40, what am I saying? Almost 50 years later, the woman has not forgotten. But it's going to poison the next generation. God sent people into your life to bless them. He has his reason. You can't just refuse to do his assignment. You can't just do that. Let's go home. In Jesus' name, you are free. Amen. In the name of Jesus, you are free. Amen. Every turn in your life is burnt up. Amen. It's uprooted. Amen. I say it again. Breakthrough is coming. Amen. Deliverance has come. Amen. Deliverance has come. Amen. That spot you have been on, moving around and around, it's time for the next level. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, pour wealth into this house. Amen. Pour breakthrough into this house. Amen. Listen, you will have more money than before. So you will do the will of God. I say that I believe it. Great doors are opening. Nigeria is a good country because of you. We're not saying it's a naturally good country. Who's talking about where it's naturally good? Anywhere God plants you, it is good. That's how you do run up and down. Because it's a sign of unbelief. I hope you're getting my point. Put out your hand. Let's pray over those hands. Whatever you put those hands to do, we prosper. Wherever, wherever you do it, it will prosper. Amen. I'm not saying you have to run somewhere. Just put those hands to do, it will prosper. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Poverty is broken. Amen. Listen, poverty is broken. Amen. The dry land will yield because of you. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Behold, I will cause prosperity to flow towards you like a river. And the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. Receive a fulfillment of that word. In the name of Jesus Christ. Please wave those two hands and give the Lord praise. Father God, we thank you. Give the Lord praise with them. Wave those two hands. Lord, we thank you. Because you are a faithful God. Lord, we thank you. Because you are faithful. Thank you. In the name of Jesus we have prayed. Because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and shining forth. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Quickly bless three people around you.
Your words are powerful. Two more people. This is your season of multiplication, dominion, and shining forth. One last person. This is your season. Now, one for yourself. This is my season of multiplication, dominion, and shining forth. All right, Sarah, brethren. God bless you.